they really shaped me, took me from this Virgin Islands kid who was into photography and I've lived my life. And now, that launched me out to be an engineer, to become a pilot, to be a linguist, to be in Japan. That's where my life turned. Dylan, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here. I really appreciate it, man. I've known you for a while, but I've never really known you. Isn't that weird? Isn't that something? And you got I know me you started. Know you. you didn't even know that. I got you started. How did I get you started? Because I sat down. I said, remember, you were at the Tokyo American Club. Right. You were running the club. I said, I got to talk to you. I got to find out how you got to where That's you That's right. I remember you did come to me, right? When you were at the temporary club down in... Uh, yeah, Takanawa. Yes. Right. And we sat down. We had uh, we just had some coffee. Mm -hmm. And the question I asked you, I was starting off as a consultant. Right. And I asked you, how much do I charge? Okay. You may not remember this answer. But you said, how much do you need? I said, well, what do you mean? And you told me about how when you started your program with gymnastics. And you needed this much money. You're like, that's how much I'm going to charge. And it was just incredible. Because I was thinking hourly rate. I was thinking, how do you charge? What's the value? And I said, well, i got to pay these bills. That's my rate. Went to the customer. And they said, that's three times our normal rate. And I said, that's what I charge. That'll take extra approvals. And they got it. And you got it. I got it. That's what I'm talking about. So that was <laughs> outstanding. You got that's me started. Good. That's good. That's good. Well, I remember the story that I was, um, when that happened to me, yeah. I told a woman, she said, how much? And I knew what my rent was. Right. And I knew. I was doing yes. other things. But yes. I wanted to make sure this gig yes. paid for my rent. I told yes. you about that. Yes. And she said, Elvis Presley doesn't make that much money. Yes. And I said, well, then pay me what he gets. <laughs> she laughed. I laughed. And she paid me what I wanted. <laughs> it was good. And that's the story that got me launched. Tell me about it. What that's year was that? That was 2012. That's uh, no, 10 years. No, that had 2000. No, not 2012. It was 2008. 2012 was when I talked. Oh, so 2008, no, 2008. when you had that. 2012 when I started my business. Okay, yeah. 2008, 2009 is when you had to talk to me because that was a temporary facility. Outstanding time. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me. Where were you born, Dylan? 1969. Now where? New York. In New York. New York City. New York City, huh? What's New it York? Do, yeah? hey. hey, man. Hey, you coming in. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Were you born and raised there? I mean, you were born raised in New York, raised in the Virgin Islands, raised in the Caribbean. So my mom's from the Virgin Islands. Okay. And so New York in the 69 time period was not exactly a comfortable place to live. So we went to the Virgin Islands. Right. And uh, stayed there till 15. Then I left home. You have other siblings? I have a younger sister. How many years difference? Uh, we're Irish twins, less than a year. Is that right? Every year, twice, a, two days a year, we're the same age. That's interesting. That's really every nice. day, every year. She calls me up to let me know I'm the same age as you. If if you're listening. Yeah. So how mom and dad? How mom and dad doing? My dad died a long time ago. Okay. So I was in my twenties. So okay. Mom's doing great. Uh, Did they stay together the whole time? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right up until his death. He died the year I came to Japan. Okay. So a lot of changes in my life. And what year was that? 1993. 1993. So prior to that, when you were in the so elementary school through the Virgin Islands. Right. What was that like? So you have the what to was get that like? Yeah, what was it like? Where, where? So I'm in St. Thomas. I'm in St. Thomas. I used to go to St. Thomas all the time. Yes, you did. We talked when about I, that when I lived in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I used to fly to St. Thomas all the time. Yes. So Puerto Rico is where I got most of my medical work done. <laughs> I was a rambunctious kid. I uh, ran off a cliff, ripped off half my face. Okay. And the only place I could fix it was Puerto Rico, La Isla right. Bonita, San Juan. San Juan. Wow. 
Wow. So every Saturday, the I don't know if you can say it's that level, the Puerto Rican Navy would show up in, in Santo Tomas to mm -hmm. buy cigarettes and buy gold. Because it was a flood of people from Puerto Rico, and all the people in St. Thomas went to Puerto Rico to go shop. And it was like this exchange of people every weekend. That one little flight. Amazing little place. The Goose, the little uh, seaplane used to land yes, there. Yes, 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 yes. That's when I got my first flight of the big airplane. I'm cranking the gear down. The pilot's looking, I'm like looking at all the gauges. And the pilots, hey, kid, you want a job? It's like, yeah, the hydraulics are out in the airplane. What do I know about hydraulics? Turn this crank 322 how, how times. You? How old were you at this time? Nine, nine years old. Nine years old. And so I'm turning this crank, and I crank down the gear in that airplane because we land in the water. Okay. Put the gear down to land, get up on land. That was cool as a kid. Virgin Islands changed a lot of things for me because things were free. Mm -hmm. So you stayed there until how old? So at 15, I left school. I walked out. I said, I'm done with school. You guys don't have any good knowledge here. And uh, my parents said, you got a grandfather in New York. You want to go back there? I was like, Thursday in October. I was like, yeah. Friday, I'm on an airplane. <laughs> Talk about head spin. Different world. I went from being the top of my class, knowing everything, because I just read the book, to knowing nothing. Realizing the world is much bigger than this But had you ever kid. been, hadn't you traveled back to the States? Not really. So you stayed in St. Thomas the whole time, basically. Pretty and only Puerto, Puerto Rico trip. was big for you. Puerto Rico was huge. That's right. Going over to St. John That's was right. a big deal. That's oh, right. I went over That's to St. John. Oh, we got a school trip. We're going to the other island. <laughs> no, my life was on a five-mile, what was it, 16 miles, right. three That's miles. Right. That's, That's right. my That's whole right. life. Wow. I didn't know anymore. What year is this? What year was this? Well, yeah, I don't know what year it was. Yeah. No, you know what year you were living there. So 1969 all the way up until 15. Do the math here. So 19, uh, 1980, 85. Because I was there in 1971. 1971. I would have been a little bit smaller. You probably, yeah, probably small. wouldn't have had any drinks yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was there in 71. I was there in 71 until about 72. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, That's yeah. So we had the, uh, the okay. Navy base in St. John's, sub base down there. Okay. And so I got to see a lot of ships come through. Mm -hmm. And so picture, this is long before our PC correct world. Right. And I'm just a kid walking around. I see these guys in sailor uniforms. I said, hey, wh which ship are you on? And they tell me, I remember it was the, uh, the Eisenhower had come in, aircraft carrier. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to go check it out. I'm like, come on. No parents, no permissions. I just jumped on that little dinghy out there, went out into the harbor, got up on this aircraft carrier, walking around, checking it out. And I, w I like to build plastic models. Right. And I knew there was a store on ship. I said, where's the store? They go, it's right here, but it's closed when we're in port. And I was almost in tears. I was like, I came here to buy models. I didn't know right. about the rest of the ship. Right, right. But it was great. They just let you do anything you want when you're a that's kid. Right, that's right. Raise your hand, off you go. So then when did you decide, when you went to the States, when you went to the States, right. you went to New York, what was it like then? You're 15 <sighs> years old. Picture, you're this rambunctious kid who can do whatever he wants, but you go wherever you want. I had my little company, so mow lawns, I worked in an ice plant. And now I'm in New York, White Plains, Scarsdale, New Rochelle, Yonkers, that whole area out there. I'd never seen so much uh, wealth in my life, and I was blown away. Just to say, uh, just put a fine point. What did on your it. uncle do? Well, my grandfather. Your grandfather. So he was a lawyer. He was a lawyer. He was a lawyer. He's a proper lawyer. He had a big house and scars there, but nothing special. He wasn't ostentatious. Okay. He had an old Buick Regal. I found the paperwork on. It. He bought it brand new for three thousand dollars. I was like, cars for three thousand dollars, brand new? I mean, he had the car from the '71. But I got to experience a whole new world 
in ways I cannot, as a matter of fact, this ring. This is my high school graduation ring from Archbishop Stepanak School in White Plains. This okay. changed my life. How's that? I went from being what I thought was the top of my class without doing any work to all of a sudden there's a lot of work to do. But I had teachers, I had advisors, I had people who really looked after me, took care of me. I learned Russian. I learned computer programming. They really shaped me and took me from this Virgin Islands kid who was into photography and that was good in my life. And now that launched me out to be an engineer, to become a pilot, to be a linguist, to be in Japan. That's where my life turned. Were you the only person of color in that school? We had uh, a young man from Nigeria. His father was a diplomat. This little, yeah, okay. Dude had some cash. He lived right outside the school. He was a... Uh, so it was the two of you? Did the kids there know there that were, you there had three black blood? total. Did uh, they yeah. know you had black blood? Absolutely. But, there, you know, there <laughs> are 500 kids in the school. Okay. 500. And in this school in Stepanek, great school, by the way, we have every part of the spectrum. We have the day laborers who just want to give their kids a better chance. So, you know, they know when they graduate from high mm -hmm, school, mm -hmm. they're going to be out laying marble. I got you. That's their forward life. Right, right. Then you have the Indian kids who, their parents, all you got to do is learn school. Then you have the priests who have their kids in there, right? These are the, the married priests have mm -hmm. their kids, and their kids are going into the seminary. Right. We had the whole gamut. This is a boys' school. This is an all-boys school. Boys' school, I got you, okay. And it was an incredible mix. I, because I came in the middle of school year, didn't have a click. So you could go anywhere you wanted. I was in every one of the cliques. So, so it was really incredible. So you had all this. But I didn't know all this. Of course you didn't at the time, but I'm still it was blowing your mind. So what was it like? So I'm was just like? me doing me, doing my thing. I talked to teachers. I talked to principals. I talked to students. Uh, I just had the run of the place. And I remember the, uh, the father, you know, he's got a little white collar on. He's like, so Dylan, I see you studied uh, Spanish. Do you... Do you want to continue with Spanish? Now, mind you, i got to back up a step. I show up in New York. I don't know where I'm going to go to school. Where am I going to go? Well, i, I got to pick a school now. I'm here with my grandfather, me and my grandfather. Where am I going? So I went to all kinds of schools, interviewed all over, and I will never forget Iona Prep. I, no, no, Fordham. Fordham. Go down to Fordham, and they gave me this test. I had a goatee. Okay. At 15? At 15, I had a little goatee. Okay. It's, scra okay. it's scraggly, okay? Okay, okay? I was trying. It wasn't anything fancy, but it was there. And uh, in my interview, they say, I got to take this test. It's a three hour long test. I did it like 30 minutes. I, I don't know what's on the test. I can't remember now, but I enjoyed it. She turned it in. And I'm in the interview now, and they're like, So, did you murder somebody? What brings you up here in the middle of school year? Why'd you suddenly leave? What's going on? And I'm getting this, um, you're not welcome here speech, okay? They're making it very clear this is not the place for me in the interview. And the secretary's banging on the door. He's like, You know, and she's like, uh, so just as he's making an announcement that there's no space at the school, they're so sorry, they can't, uh, you know, offer me space, but if something opens up to let me know, the secretary comes in and, and slides this piece of paper. And he looks at the paper, parents, my test results. And like, I think something just opened up. And I looked at that two-faced, and I just said, this is not the school for me. This is not where I want to go to school. So I'm getting this experience everywhere I go. It's this kind of this, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's just, you don't belong here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And this school, I walked in Stepan Act, no test, no nothing. First question, I see you took Spanish. Do you want to continue with Spanish? And I thought, this guy's actually looking at me as a person. That's all he asked you? That's all he asked me. And I said, no, I don't want to do any more Spanish. He goes, would you like to take Russian? And I go, Russian? 
I didn't know what he was up to. He was trying to break up the clique of 10 who were always in the top 10. So it was one to 10, the same 10 kids every time, maxing out all the scores in the school and everyone else is down below. And he wanted to, you know, just kind of. So he used you. He used me, problem? and I didn't know it. But I loved it, so uh, I was up and down in that group. I got along great with him, by the way. Great group of kids, but now they're 10, now there's 11, so one was always not in the group, and there was a pair of twins in there, so it's pretty <laughs> funny. Because they were serious about this, and I'm just having a good time. Uh, learned a lot, hung out with all kinds of people. So from high school, where'd yes. you go? Did you go to college? So I wanted to be an engineer. You wanted to be what? An engineer. What type of engineer? Electrical engineer is what I thought of at the time, Okay. but it could have been anything. And uh, I went around and looked at all the schools. I liked WPI, great engineering school. It's where uh, the father of rocket science was kicked out of school at one point. That's a whole other story. Great school because they don't care what your grades are. If you're a kid, you like doing stuff, and you don't worry about grades, what could be better? So let's say you're going through the course, and you don't feel like doing the work anymore, you're not tough to, you want to focus somewhere else, you just drop the course, we call it punting. Mm -hmm. In other schools, they go, oh, you didn't finish this course, and right. you get your grade, your GPA's coming down. That school, just remove from your record. No record. Do it again next time. We care about the results you get. We don't care about when you didn't get the results. And the only grades they had was pass, pass with distinction, but not recorded. So you could knock your socks off, really learn, get sentenced. So they had to do a master's sufficient. So I taught photography while I was there. I learned German while I was there. I did uh, engineering. We made a, a digital mixer where we actually built chips and software and put the stuff together. Your grandfather's paying for all of this. No, that was an ROTC scholarship. How old are you now at this time? So I graduated college with uh, high school in 1987, mm -hmm. so I'm uh, 18, 18, 19, okay. somewhere in there. Right. So you don't. Oh, I signed up for the Air Force. I was in Rose Hulman Institute of Technology at and 18. A, a recruiter came out and said, "Okay, do something for your country." And I felt red, white, and blue all over. <laughs> I was like, "Go to school for four years. Go to military for four years. I'll do it." So I went to the Marine Corps, Army, Navy, Air Force. I signed up with all of them to go see what's available. And uh, my best interview was the, the Marine Corps. Okay. Those guys are down in New York City. The, meeting, the interview interview started at like 6 a.m. That's what it was scheduled for. Like an interview at 6 a.m. in New York City. Well, I don't want to be late. So I got there at 5.15 in the morning. Okay. I didn't know where I was going. It was 5.15 in the morning. I'm in New York City. I'm in my suit. I'm sitting there, and I see these guys. It's 5.15 in the morning in New York City in some basement of the Marine recruiting station. And these guys, they hear clink, clink, clink. They're working out in the office at 5.15. And I'm seeing them going back and forth. They shower down there, they get dressed, they're looking sharp, and they invite me in. There's two of them sitting here, two officers, and I sit down. I had never had a tougher interview in my life. It was not about, they want to know what the last book I read, what did I think about it, what I think about politics. They went down the entire gamut. Good guys. All cool, but everyone I knew said, Dylan, you don't want to go to the Marine Corps, go to the Air Force. Everyone who's been in the service said, go Air Force, go Air Force. Oh, I was yeah. like, no. I want to be a Marine. Yeah. I want to give my life. I want to give my life for that purple heart. Look at that glow. <laughs> the eagle. Oh, I want that. And they want me. And they want me. <laughs> and uh, so I got convinced to go try out the Air Force. Went to the Air Force. You could, by the way, you could never find the Air Force recruiter. That's right. Because the Navy's at a line. The Army's got a line. The Marine Corps, everyone's in there all going. And the Air Force, door, the door's closed. Well, where is he? Finally, I found him. 
And he, Lieutenant Colonel's got his feet up on the desk. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> huh? What? I get to choose? Yeah, what do you want to do? I don't know. Be an engineer. He goes, all right. Sign here. So I sign. Paperwork goes in. I don't know, pension. I'm sending a letter to the Marine Corps. Hey, Marine Corps. Decided to go with the Air Force. But, but thanks. Love Dylan. And I get a letter back from Marine Corps. You have been denied entry to the U.S. Marine Corps. Your sitting height is too short. <laughs> you do not turn on the Marines. They turn you down. They turn you. That's right. That's right. When I got out at 20, and my commander uh, at the time was at the U.S. Embassy, he says, Dylan, you're general material. You can stick around. You should stay here. I went, you know something? Every one of us has to get out. You cannot stay here forever. True statement? That's true. You must That's leave. True. That's true. I want to leave under my own power. That's right. Every position I've ever had in my 20 years, somebody asked for me, somebody picked me, somebody pulled me in, and people stopped asking for me. So I said, I'm going. I'm, if you want me, you're going to have to want me. You can't just kind of want me. Mm -hmm. And my whole goal, by the way, I didn't plan to stay in 20 years. I planned to do four years of engineering and get out. But on that path, I walked around everywhere I could go, asked everybody, hey, what do you like about, what do you like about the military? And when I asked them, everyone was talking about getting out. Nobody was staying in, except the pilots. The pilots, I would love this. I love this. I love they this. can't I went, do that. They can't do that outside. Not that one. I went, you, you love it? Well, I'm going to be a pilot. And that's how you became a pilot. Happened. Because I talked to people and thought it was cool. So what, what, what kind of plane did you fly? In the military? So yes. Yeah. Training was T-38s, t oh, I know the T-38. I know that, but I'm saying... And then I flew C-9s and C-130s. I was a pilot. I got to killer. fly. I got to go places. And I got to stay there. Like fighter pilots, everyone wants to be a fighter pilot, right? Mm. Where do fighter pilots fly? They take off from this base, they go for an hour and a half, they go upside down, they That's shoot their watch, they and they back. come back down. That's it. That's right. Unless they're in war. And if they go over to a war somewhere, they're going somewhere, they do. They're on a tanker. They don't get to land at all these places, all these no. little places. They go, 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 go. They're done. That's right. That's it. And they do their little thing, come back. Piddle pack and all that. No hot meals. I'm on a C-130. I got a crew chief who loves to cook. We got a little oven there. He's making gourmet meals on the airplane. That's right, that's right. Where do we go? Oh, Anybody we get sent to Thailand. We got to stay there for 30 days. Oh, uh -huh. and then I got to fly all through Cambodia and Thailand, Myanmar, and all these places I get to go for 30 days. That's right. I never thought of it and that then, way. And uh, then, hang on, I got a noisemaker down here. You know, I always say this. The glamour is always glamorous when you're watching TV, but there's no music in the background when you're out there in the, in the swamp and stuff, and you mm -hmm. have bullets pass <laughs> in your head, and when someone gets blown apart, it's not glamorous. And you know, you know people, people, people have, have a misunderstanding about people in the military. We are not after war. No, no. We're the first people to not want it. Because right. when it happens, the one that you're, the we're right there. That's right. But I do remember sleeping on airplanes. I do remember traveling to places. It is something you cannot do in the civilian world. Mm -hmm. I have memories and things I did and abilities. I used to walk around $30,000 in cash negotiating with Vietnam on landing fees. Oh, you must use instrument approach to the... I said, no, we didn't. I gave you $100 for that. No, $1,000. You know, arguing about money and... How long were you in? How long did you stay 20 in? years You stayed in six months. So you actually retired. You got your retirement. I, I wasn't sure if I was smart enough to find something else to do, but I said I was getting out at 20. So how old were you when you got out? Well, that was 10 years ago. 10 years younger than I am now, I guess. Well, how old are you now? 52. You're 42, 42 years old. So you finished the Air Force. When you finished, you're 20 years out. What did you do right away? You know what's interesting? I wanted to get away from the military world. And at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to get out. 
I thought I was going to work for an electric company because I'm an engineer. I'm going to go back to my roots. And that a company was chasing me down. They wanted me. And I'm all excited. I'm like, this is where I'm going. I had no other options open because that's where I was going. Love engineering. Love the company. Went out to their headquarters. Met everybody. Loved everybody. Thought it was great. The guy who was trying to get me in retired the day I got my offer letter. I got my offer letter and my eyes both. I'm like, I can't live in Tokyo on this. Turns out the guy who sent the offer letter didn't want to hire me. My guess is, and I'll not name companies, my guess is if I did all the things I said I could do in my resume and all of my history, he was going to be out of a job and I was going to be in his job. How do you protect yourself? Don't bring in talent. So I did not get hired and I was on the street going, well, I've turned in my paper. The Air Force won't take me back. I checked. I tried. That's what, isn't that when I met you? That's when we I talked guess we about talked. this. We sure did, yes. Yes. That's, That's when right. all this is happening. That's right. And uh, Dale Carnegie picked me up said, we'd love to have you. And so I'll never forget 2012, December 12th is when I started Dale Carnegie. You started it? I didn't start it. I started working for Okay, because what's his name? Who's over it now? What's his name now? Who's over it? Because um, I had my son go through it. It is a great court. He's Australian. He's Australian. Great, yes. Dr. Greg Stewart. Yeah. So he became, he's a doctor? Was he a doctor before? He was a doctor before. He had a PhD before? He's had that. his PhD But yeah, Greg's story was there, and I, I bought the course. It was just a, it was a donation, so I bought it for my oldest son, because yes. I wanted to go through it, because I've been through Del Carnegie. Yes. So I've done that. I've been a Toastmaster. So, on. by the way, I have been through all kinds of training in the Air Force. I've been to Toastmasters. Dale Carnegie changed my view of life. Incredible. And what Greg Store and his team put together, and plus he pulled me off the street. Just said, still come on, come on in, this. let's do this. And that was probably, not only did I get a chance to learn things about Tokyo I didn't know, I thought I knew Tokyo. I'd already been here years, I know where everything is. Now, I'm Mr. Sales Guy, on my feet, <laughs> going from enough. small companies to big companies, old ones, new ones, young ones, individuals. I didn't know how much I didn't know until I'm out there trying to get it done. How long did you do this? I was there for two years as an employee, okay. and then I negotiated with Greg to become a consultant, be okay. fully consultant, and then uh, instead of paying me a salary, let's take commission only. So how long were you doing that? did that for another year. Okay, and then you just stopped? Funny story, the reason I went to consultants, people started coming up and said, Dylan, I hear you in Japan, could you help me out with this little thing I got with these uh, aviation-related things? And so people just kept, I'm like, no, no, I'm done with aviation. Just, just one, just one. All right, just one. So while I was a consultant, then I have no conflict, right? As an employee, it felt strange. So I said, listen, let me, let me do this. I'll cut, I'm a consultant. I'll do Dale Carnegie 99% of the time. This 1% I'll do with you guys. Well, this 1% kept growing. And that's when we talked about how do you charge? Well, that 1% grew. One of my customers said, we'd love you full time. And that's the company I'm working with now. They pulled me on. Uh, I made a caveat, as long as I keep my consulting company. He says, no problem. There is a problem. No, there is a problem. In Japan, if you're a consultant but you're a full-time employee, Japan companies can't keep you on the books. So, so I lost all my other clients. So yes, my company's still running, but instead of doing aviation, it's translation, it's uh, right, right. Uh, speaking, it's, it's those training kind of things. Wait, 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 just say it, say it again. You said that if you have... If I'm a full-time employee, employee of a U.S. company. Of a U.S. company? I'm a full-time employee. I'm registered as an employee. Okay. You are 
some other trading company in Japan. You hire me. I'm mm -hmm. your client. Mm -hmm. Well, you go, hang on. You're a full-time employee now. We have a little clause down here that says if you're a full-time employee, you cannot be consultant to us. Where's your they, loyalty? That's the, in their policy. That's their policy. Their policy. That's not yeah. a policy in Japan. That's in Japan. All the clients I had. All of the clients okay, I so had were Okay, okay, okay. Because I was about to say, no, that doesn't seem to work. But I hear you. Yeah. So okay. in, the, in the industry, because we all have government contracts. The government you. contracts okay. are fairly strict. I hear you. So I lost okay. all of my clients in one fell swoop. So I got a job. Lost my clients. Mm. So what are you doing now? You're working for this? I'm still working for this company. This company, right? I can do what I want. Right. Because I see problems, I chase them, I go after them, I fix them. Mm -hmm. That's what I love to do. And I also teach on the side. What do you my teach? Company. What do you teach? Restaurants. You teach restaurants? I teach restaurants English. I teach individuals Japanese. Okay. And I'm kind of like a coach every morning, 5.55 in the morning. I got my morning show. I've been running about a year and a half, a year, three months now. What, what's your show? Tell me your show. It's the 5.55 show. 5.55 show. Every day on Clubhouse. And this is a podcast? It's like a podcast. Okay. It is an app called Clubhouse. Okay. That for some reason last year in the middle of COVID got really big. It's an on-demand on drop-in audio app. Okay. So you sign up for the app, you get on, and it's like a radio station that you can talk to. But you don't see anyone. It's not no, no video. It's no just video. Audio. Okay. Just an icon. So you see who's in the room. You know right, exactly right, when the people right. are there. You can talk to them, you can text them, you can share things with them every day at 5.55 without a break, Monday to Sunday, starting last year, February 3rd. Today we had a show, tomorrow we'll have a show, every single day. I bring up a topic for five minutes, I talk about something, and I bring everybody on stage, and we discuss that. Give every me the name day. one more time, tell me one we more time. It's so 5.55, that's what it's called. You go on Clubhouse, 5 colon 5, 5, search for it, it's there. And you kick it. Every day, every day I got 25 to 50 people showing up for that show, every day. How long have you been doing that? Started February 3rd last year, haven't taken a break. Every day? Every day. All right. Now, why did I start the show? Mind you, why did you start the show? That's a good question to All ask. Right. I'll ask you that question. As an engineer, as a pilot, I was used to staying up working with the U.S. till 3, 4 in the morning. And then, I can't get up till 2 in the afternoon. I can't get up till 10 in the morning. I wanted to change my life. I'm 52 and I can't get out of bed in the morning. I want to get up in the morning. How do you do it? I've never had a problem staying up. Most people get tired at night. I don't get tired. Okay. Do not party with Dylan. Right. Dylan does not fall asleep. <laughs> he will keep on going. He'll find another group to hang out with till right. 6 in the morning. It doesn't matter. I'll keep going. But once I sleep, I don't get up. Okay. Unless I have to. Well, I need a reason to get up. When I was a pilot, there was a reason to get up. I had a mission. I got to get up. I get up. But if there's no reason, why get up? So I made a reason. I made the show. 5.55. I just started with me by myself. If imagination is all you're limited by, yes. what would you consider a good life in Japan? If imagination is all you, what do you consider a good life? Well, I have the best life. It's, give uh, me, just give me briefly, what is that? That's a good question. Everything I talk about, you get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. You're not controlled by someone else. Freedom. Freedom to go out and be you. No one's watching you. No one's telling you what to do. No one's telling you when you have to do it. You just get it done. I mean, what else could there be? What else could there be? Sounds good to me. Absolutely. Dylan, I want to thank you so much. There's so much more to talk this. about. Let's do it again. We, we will do find it a way again. to do it again. We right? want to find a way to do it together. Absolutely. That would be nice. I like, I like that. I like that. All right. All of you watching this podcast, make sure you press like and subscribe. And remember, it's all alone. So keep reaching for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Thank you.